Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is Birds 365, although we readily admit that some of the 365 are harder than others, like you're waiting for the biggest game of the year to be played, and it includes your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Not Sunday, next Sunday. And we'll be here each and every single Monday through Friday to get you prepped and ready for the game. The Eagles will attempt to start their preparation with a walkthrough Thursday. We're used to the walkthrough Wednesday. Walkthrough Thursday. Will today's gathering decide the Super Bowl, John McMullen? Uh, no. No, it will not. Yeah, it would be nice to to play the game on Sunday. It would be nice. Uh, that would be a, a better. But, you know, I, I'm sure you're excited for the Pro Bowl games. I know I am to see the new. Well, uh, just let me interrupt. I don't even know what time. No, I I don't. I don't even know what they're doing, Jody. I refuse to pay attention. It's going to be a dodgeball Uh, game. I saw uh, the Mannings have commercials. I know there's going to be some flag football. Yeah, Peyton and Eli are are a big part of it. But anyway, enjoy that in Las Vegas. But yeah, I wish, um, like everybody else, I wish we were on a normal schedule, and I wish. And I know the players. I go remember that all Sean Jeffrey uh, interview back from uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two, where he just he was like, "I wish we could come in Friday and 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 play the game." Uh, YouTube that if you if you have some time because that's one of the great interviews of all time. But you know, somebody was trying to have some fun with them about. Are excited to see whoever was doing the Super Bowl halftime show and he wasn't having anything. He wasn't having any of it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a bunch of, 
uh, hoopla, and it's stuff you got to deal with. And, you know, the Eagles had a big distraction yesterday. They didn't want to deal with with Josh Sills. But uh, um, it's part of it, and you got to get through it. But, yeah, walkthrough on Thursday isn't going to uh, affect much. But I I will say this because people – and you have you and I have talked about it since training camp, and um, Eagles are healthier than the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. First estimated injury report. Now, I don't think it has anything to do with the philosophy and all that. The good, the bad. I I think you know people get too caught up, and I say all the time about legislating injuries, but. It's another star aligning. The Eagles are have been, by and large, very healthy comparative to most teams this season. Yeah, I can't. Now, right now, I can't back off and go, yeah, you know, all that practice, not practice, nothing to do with it. No, no, no. I was questioning slash critical of the ease of the Eagles' uh, pre-camp uh, activities and the length of their practices and the like. So for me to now say er, it doesn't really affect the injuries would be hypocritical. How much does it affect it either way? Not a lot, but if yeah. you move the needle some, you move it one way or the other. And to the Eagles' credit, the most important game, we're coming into the Super Bowl, and they're about as healthy as you could ask for. So however little it is, you got to give, at least I feel I do, I got to give the Eagles credit for it. Because the, yeah, I mean, well, here's where I'll give them credit. You're less likely to get hurt in practice. I mean, that's where I give them credit. I don't think it affects, you know, um, games and, and things like that. And, you know, then you have the back end. You know, I've heard the calloused hands theory, uh, which um, I explain is, you know, if you're going to work on the docks, you're probably going to be pretty banged up <laughs> because you're not used to it. So there is something to getting used to the contact. And um, so I see both sides of the equation. My larger point has always been, you know, there's so many injuries that are freak injuries. There's so many injuries. I, I think the bigger part is rehab and, 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 and that and how you tackle injuries. I think that's where you can make a difference from a medical standpoint. And by the way, that's another thing the Eagles are dealing with. Chris Maragos is currently suing them uh, for ending, uh, for what he says allegedly ended his career because not necessarily that the surgery was botched, but botched, but the rehab plan was a disaster for him and misdiagnosed and all that kind of stuff. So I think you could have a bigger impact on, um, in the Eagles by the way, real have changed their training staff, medical staff since then. So it's not the same group, but I think that's where you can make a bigger impact is after the injury, the rehab and things like that. I, there's only so much you can do preventing freak injuries. You know, Achilles, we talk about it. When's an Achilles going to go? So many ACL injuries are non-contact concussions. I mean, Somebody bangs their head. What are you going to do? How are you going to prevent that? So some of it is is just ridiculous to think you can prevent things like that. Well, the, the Eagles do, and they, they've done their business the way they have, and they're coming into the biggest game of all, as healthy as can humanly be expected. 
Uh, and this, of course, is just an estimate. They haven't even gotten together. Their first regathering will be today at the walkthrough. But the uh, guesstimated first injury report, um, Dickerson did get hurt last game. And I, I was a little worried. I thought it could be something significant from what they're reporting. It's nothing whatsoever. He's going to be perfectly good to go come Sunday against the Chiefs. Yeah, he hyperextended his elbow. I saw him after the game. He seemed fine. So I wasn't concerned that it, you know, he was celebrating coming off the field. He, he didn't look like he was in tremendous discomfort. So, um, yeah, he's he's going to play. There's no question about that. Uh, I guess there could be some limitation depending on how the injury is. You know, he's a very powerful guy. You know, if he can't push off with his normal torque, so to speak, uh, could be something to keep an eye on. But there's no question he's going to play. Um, and we all know about Lane Johnson and 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 you know, there's some other players. Cam Jurgens was on the list. Avante Maddox, Robert Quinn. Um, but they were all double designations, and you know, in other words, for landed it was elbows comma rest all of them were rest designations as well and mm -hmm. that's a key indication because uh because that indicates they're being cautious with all these players and abante obviously came back from the toe injury uh for the championship game so they're being very cautious with these players but it's a clear indication they're all going to be ready to play in the super bowl and that's what they're all targeting is next sunday in arizona uh, our buddy Jeff Kerr, who's on before us every day here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, uh, had a good stat. Jeff finds these uh, stats, which uh, I always pay attention to. Both teams have the exact same record at this time, 16 and uh, 3, uh, having won their respective conferences and both putting up playoff victories. Yes, to note, the Eagles' two playoff victories a little bit easier than the Chiefs to playoff victories, but you might say the Chiefs had a tougher couple of matchups, um, specifically with Brock Purdy going down. But in all of their games, both teams have scored 456 points. That That's like virtually impossible. You have two teams playing uh, well, now upwards of 19 not games. not impossible, Jody, because the NFL is scripted. We all know that. Oh, oh sorry. I forgot. My, yeah. my bad for leaving that up. Yeah. Uh, since since you're both remembering that and acknowledging that, have you figured out, do you have a source, Mr. Eagles reporter, who is going to tell you what way the NFL is leaning at 345 Park Avenue up there in New York as to how the Super Bowl is supposed to play next Sunday? Well, tell me who the audience is. The audience is uh, here on Birds The audience is America. It's the Super Bowl. Exactly. It's everybody. Well, the audience here on Birds 365 is oh. the majority Eagles fans. So, obviously, the NFL is against the Eagles. Oh, uh, against? You think now, they're against? I'm going to be on Kansas City later, and obviously, the NFL will be against the Chiefs. you got to play up to your audience, Jody. Oh, okay. Uh, right. No, uh, obviously, the NFL uh, does not care who wins this game, shockingly. Um, and... Uh, they will be just fine no matter who wins this game. Uh, so, yeah, I don't uh, I don't buy into any of that nonsense. 
And oh, by the way, I think they're going to do a big number. If if we are talking about the television, well, radio, they always do a big number. Well, big... there's there's big and there's off the charts, unthinkable, can't believe uh, how many people actually tune in. It it's the number one. If your point is, it's a given to be the most watched show of the year compared to everything else that's shown over the course of twelve months. Yes, it will be because I think it is forty some odd straight years in a row the number one viewed show. So it will be that again, but you can compare this Super Bowl against previous Super Bowls. And oh, by the way, they do trend down a little bit just because there is so much more for people to do on any given day with all the advanced technologies and uh, things that. Yeah, people- they that that's the bigger issue. But, you know, now that, you know, Nielsen has sort of encompassed the streaming numbers. So now it's it's getting back to where it was. I think they topped out. I'm looking at it real quick. They topped out at 114 in 2015, 114 million. Um, and that was, uh, oh, that was the, the Patriot Seahawks Super Bowl in Arizona. I was there, obviously the big Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Butler, Butler play. Yeah. Uh, that's where they topped out. Uh, in recent years, it's, the lowest that's gone is 95 uh, for Tampa Bay, Kansas City, um, and 95 million. And that has a lot to do with what you were talking about. Um, but now they're starting to encompass a better um, sort of measuring stick for DVR and, 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 and streaming and all the other stuff that people can watch it. But you know, I I had that discussion. People would talk about that, and it was uh, it was the Pittsburgh Seattle Super Bowl, and I said, you know, if ever the NFL was going to take a hit from not having marquee names or marquee markets in the Super Bowl, it was probably going to be that one. Uh, if it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hurt the ratings at all. In fact, they set a record at that time. Um, there's a this saying in wrestling, you're a wrestling guy. I'm a wrestling guy. You know, who's the draw? Is it the the main event or is it the brand? And WWE has become a brand. The NFL is a brand. It doesn't matter who's headlining the Super Bowl. People are watching the Super Bowl. And this is a pretty good headline Super Bowl, if you ask me. Uh, the Eagles are one of the more popular teams across the nation. We We're here. For most of the people, we think the guys that are on the stream right now and stream us every single day are mostly Delaware Valley people, but we do get people that stream in from, that's one of the beauties of this show and uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. You can watch it everywhere. It's a national brand because it can be accessed from absolutely everywhere. And we appreciate the quote unquote out of town Eagle fans who are staying in touch with the uh, Eagles by watching us here on Birds 365. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes has been the last couple of years, despite a couple defeats to Joe Burrow, he's been the biggest individual player draw in all of football. You you wouldn't argue that with me that Mahomes is no. talking yeah, about branding, the, the branding of a specific position quarterback. It's Patrick Mahomes and then the drop off to everybody else, right? Well, I would say till this year, it's still Tom Brady, but you know, with Tom is now retired. Still Tom. Tom Brady's like transcended football. He was a far bigger star. But yeah, be, besides Tom, um, yeah, I would Patrick Mahomes is the biggest star 
in the NFL. I don't think there's any question about that at this stage. Um, so now, we, now that officially Tom has retired, it's official. And oh, by the way, you think it's sticking this time, right? Yeah, it's sticking this time. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm not gonna go 100 percent because he's kind of uh, acted in a way that we can't get to 100, but. I'm pretty damn close, 99 and change percent. And, yeah, I did get that one right last year. I thought that he would come back when he retired. I said, it's not over till it's over just because he didn't get to announce. And, by the way, you got a good guess as to where he announced his retirement from? Looked like, like Miami. Looked he was like on a he dune somewhere yeah. with uh, reeds coming up in the background in front of a sky-high hotel. Oh, yeah, I, I think he was in that's where he lives now. So I think he was in Miami. I think okay. he just walked down to the beach um, uh, because he can live on the beach in Miami. He can afford it. So yeah, he, uh, sh- he surely can. And uh, may he enjoy his retirement. Well, he's not going to. He's retired from playing. We expect him to be on Fox uh, next year with the primetime game. Yeah, by the way, I don't want him replacing Greg Olson. I think Greg's done a, a tremendous job as the number one color analyst on Fox. I, I think he's done a tremendous job. Obviously his name is not as big, but I don't think Tom's going to be that good at it. Cause I think Greg's really good at it. No, well, I think uh, I'd come up short of tremendous, but he's wet behind the ears doing it too. All these other primetime guys, the Collinsworth, the Aikmans, they've been doing it for uh, 15, 20, 20 years, somewhere there about Olsen for guys only been doing it for a couple of years. He himself just retired has gotten up to speed pretty darn fast. And uh, I'll agree with you for saying he shouldn't be asked to step aside. Oh, he's going to be because they already <laughs> decided that they gave Tom the job a year and change ago and said, it's yours whenever you're ready to take it. So it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen. Uh, but Olsen did a uh, really good job this year. And, oh, by the way, that's who you'll be listening to if you're watching on TV. Not listening to Merrill and Mike. Shame on you. Uh, but watching the TV broadcast, it will be Greg Olson who will be calling it for Fox. Yeah, so at least in his one year, he got to do the Super Bowl. So That's not that, too shabby yeah. if you're only yeah. going to be the main guy for one year. And who knows, with Brady, he's kind of a little flighty guy. Uh, changes his mind on certain things like retirement. Uh, maybe he won't enjoy the television thing. So uh, Olson just going to hang around. He may get another Super Bowl somewhere down the line. All right, we appreciate you hanging around with us here on Birds 365. We will be punching up our next guest. He's going to be busy on Super Bowl Sunday. This Sunday, he's going to be busy talking to me. Sorry about that, Mac man. Uh, but next <laughs> Sunday, he'll be leading into the Eagle pregame show and Super Bowl 57. Uh, Glenn Macmouse jumping in next from uh, WIP, Eagles pregame show on the radio network uh, for a de- uh, decade plus now. We'll talk Birds Chiefs with Glenn Macnown next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Jeff D. 
Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Post-game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post-game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Got John McMullen, Jody McDonald. That make it makes it Mac and Mac. Oh, it's a triple back attack because we've got uh, my buddy and pal and uh, Sunday morning Bud uh, from WIP, the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network. Been doing it for a long time. Been following the birds for a long time. Glenn Mac now jumps in with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. G Mac, you got Chiefs red on. They bust my chops. You know what? I just. You know what? I I. Literally just realized that as the camera came on, it's, it's actually, it's an advertisement for myself. I didn't realize I could take it off. No, 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 it's right. fine. Right. For the brand, baby. Yeah. You know, sorry, push fellas. the brand. <laughs> take nothing it to, wrong with that. Take the, take the dark red to indicate nothing. Yeah. I, nothing. I just, uh, you felt... thought you had a, a Kansas city spot instead of, no, 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 no. <laughs> he's, he's wearing green all week. All right. But since, uh, and, uh, again, sorry about that. I just had a bunch of stuff. Um, Eagles midnight green on Saturday. Are you like John and I that the 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 uniform I color war determines the outcome ahead of time, or do you not give a flying f? 
more the second than the first, but I've I've seen stats. Aren't they eight and two with the midnight green? Isn't that the record? I believe so. They yeah, they okay. win every game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. If, they're, if they're eight and yeah. two in midnight green, that means they're nine and one and yeah. everything else. Yeah. The only thing that is, uh, and I love listening to Maryland Mike, and before every game when Merrill announces the color combination, he gets upset if the Eagles are wearing as he says, they're slow green pants. He hates the green pants. <laughs> he thinks they run slower. The slow green pants, says Merrill. You know, uh, our buddy Ruben Frank, also on WIP at times, he, he was the one who said it, and I, because I'm the exact same way. If you get me 10 minutes after an Eagles game, I just spent three hours watching and charting. I couldn't tell you what they're wearing, Glenn. I could not tell you. 10 minutes after the game has ended. Jody saying it. I'll probably remember this time that they wore the green. But if you got me and didn't say it before the game, I would I would not be able to tell you. All right. So my position is as long as they don't wear black, I'm cool. All right. That works. Jalen uh, likes the black, though. He likes yeah, the black. Yeah, I, I get it. The players like the black. Yeah. Right. As a traditionalist, I don't like the black. All right. I, gotcha. I'm I think you. I think their record is good in black too, but again, it will be determined yeah. the winner by the talents and the skills and the coaching, much more so than the colors of the uniform. I'm sorry I even went there. All right. Uh, another question that will, in my mind, determine the outcome of the game. Will Chad Henney take a snap in this game, Glenn <laughs> Mack now? Uh is he he's not the holder, is he? No. Then the answer is no. He will not. Uh, he will not take a snap. He, he's taking snaps. We're, we're, in we're going down some weird paths. Before, yeah. Right. Uh, listen, Mahomes has got the bad peg, and I don't know how it is. I'm sure they're doing everything to make it better. Uh, his leg could be severed at the knee, and he's going to finish <laughs> that game. Right? It's the Super Bowl. He's not going out. All right, we're going down some weird paths, so I'll keep going down it, Glenn. Uh, if if if. Uh, it is severed at the knee, and you got to go to Chad Henney or Gardner Minshew. Who do you have more confidence in? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Chad, Chad Henney, I do. All right. I, I, yeah, because he's right. the cagey veteran who's been around and seen everything, and um, he's less prone to make a mistake, which is kind of what that will boil down to. But you know what, John? It's not going to boil. Please no, tell me it's not. No, You've got this no, no, elite no, matchup of great not. young quarterbacks, the future of the NFL. I I don't want to see that. No, I don't think anybody wants to, but uh, ask the 49er fans. They wanted their uh, rookie to finish the game last week, and yeah. Brock Purdy could not do so because Kyle Shanahan had a brain fart and decided to try and block the best pass rusher in the National Football League with a second-string tight end. That's right. So let, let's go there with a guy who actually can have a huge impact on the game. Can Hassan Reddick win MVP of the Super Bowl this week? Ooh. It's so tough for a defensive player to win it, right? Was it maybe yeah. happened three times in the history? Yeah. Uh, was it Larry Brown? What was the name of the cornerback who won it? For, Larry Brown, uh, Larry Cowboys, Brown, yes. Yeah. Right, Howley, yeah. Chuck Howley, maybe way back yeah. in the day. Uh, yeah, if, got... there's a, if there's a third, I don't know. You know, I, I hate to say this, as it'll take off the Eagle fans. I think Ed Tutal Jones shared it one year. I think I they had you're right. yeah, dueling yeah. MV, uh, okay. MVPs for the Cowboys. It's all Cowboys stuff. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, the Eagle fans won't be upset. The Cowboys haven't been there in a quarter century. So they, they don't remember you that the Cowboys are in the league. You have to go back in the history to recall right. these. Yeah, yeah. you got to be as old as us to remember those games. Exactly. Um, uh, 
Von Miller won it. 50. Okay, Von uh, Miller. So yeah. the odds are really against it, but I would say this. If a defensive player is going to win the MVP of the Super Bowl, I would bet on Hassan Reddick. If we're having the pool where every guy he gets to pick one defensive player, he's my guy. Either team, he's my guy. And Malcolm Smith, we also got to give him some love. Malcolm Ooh. Smith hey. of, of Seattle had a, wow. a pick six, fumble that. recovery, 10 that was a really, as I recall, that was a really bad Super Bowl. Yeah, um, well, they, Seattle blew him out. So, yeah, and uh, um, Malcolm Smith is, uh, I guess that's he's gonna. It's the only way he's ever gonna get to Canton. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. Obviously, it's in typically an offensive award. So um, let's start with the quarterbacks. They have the inside track to the MVP. Great matchup: Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. Now, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Glenn, is the best player in the NFL. I think most people can agree that, but he is banged up. Now, Jalen's banged up as well, but I'll say this about Jalen Hurts. And I'm not typically a guy who thinks win-loss is a quarterback stat, but bottom line is when Jalen Hurts is on the field, the Eagles win. They're mm-hmm. 16-1 and when Jalen Hurts is on the field this season. And the one loss against Washington was sort of the uncharacteristic turning it over. You know, they have the better roster in this game is, is my kind of take on it is, is Jalen hurts in the better roster enough to overcome the best player, the most dynamic player in football. I think you laid it out very accurately. Uh, And I I know the spread is kind of moving between Eagles minus two and, and pick them. I don't know what it is this morning, Uh, but it's everybody sees this as a a very, very close game. As do I, I think that Holmes is the best player in the league. You said it. It's true. Uh, Jalen hurts is an amazing young quarterback on the rise. Who is now one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. But if you look at the rest of the rosters, I think the Eagles have a better offensive line. I think the Eagles have a better defensive line. I think the Eagles have better skill position players to help Jalen Hurts. Um, uh, you know, maybe linebackers, secondary, you want to go push. But if you go 22 versus 22, and obviously not all 22 positions are created equal, but if you do, uh, unit by unit, the Eagles have more talent and are, are a better team. So uh, why not? They can win this thing two times in five years. See you on Broad Street. That'd be pretty damn good. Um, you mentioned the Eagles' advantage in the trenches, both offensive line, defensive line. I was comparing their offensive line to the Chiefs' offensive line. They're never on the field at the same time. So it's yeah. the defense, offense, defense, offense comparison, which means Andy Reid's going to be able to get a shot at the Eagles on both sides of the ball as well. And he's the guy who brought the philosophy of building it from the trenches out when he was here that the Eagles still subscribe to and benefit from because they've been that good at picking, choosing, and uh, coaching up. Thanks, Coach Stoutland, uh, the guys in the trenches. What do you think Andy's got up his sleeve? Uh, he, he, he believes it. He knows it. He instills it. But he does seem a little bit overmatched, which means he's got to come up with a tricky solution what do you think he's going to try and do? Uh, first comparison, Chiefs defensive line against the Eagles offensive line. We know how good a player Jones is, but 
Is he going to go blitz? Is uh, they they're going to try and do something that uh, just uh, belies what they usually do because he knows he's a little overmatched against Eagles offensive line? So the one thing that is it will be curious to me to see is is how much and how effectively Jalen Hurts is able to run because. Uh, he, he ran a little bit against the Niners and with limited success. Clearly, he didn't do it and didn't have to do it against the Giants. But it's a way that they've won this year. Him running, he's run, you know, 15 times a game. He, that game against the Packers, it was incredible what he did. I would like to believe as an Eagles fan that Jalen Hurts running the ball becomes a part of this game. If that's part of – if Andy Reid thinks the same way I do – I think what Andy tells his defensive lineman is don't over-pursue. I'm going to worry less about the sack and more about kind of him getting out of the pocket. I'll do the, the old mush rush, keep him contained, things like that, and that would be my strategy if I was Andy. Uh, by the way, don't sleep on that uh, Kansas City offensive line. I mean, it should be with, you know. Now, the Eagles offensive line, look, Glendon, you're an old school guy. I think that's the best offensive line since the early 90s Cowboys. I think that's how good they are on the offensive line. But Kansas City's in the conversation for having oh, yeah. the second best offensive line in the hey, NFL. They, they have, a, they have a, a, a superb offensive line. The Eagles have the best offensive line in the league. And the Eagles have an offensive line. I was doing a comparison yesterday, and Jody, I may want to talk to you. Maybe we want to do this on Sunday. Run down the rosters of the 2022 Eagles, the 2017 Eagles, and the 2004 Eagles, right? The last three Super Bowl teams. And I was kind of in my mind going position by position. Again, maybe we can do this this weekend. The amazing thing to me is Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are better five years later than yeah, they were five yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's they're, amazing. They're, Jason Kelsey's a senior yeah. citizen. He just keeps yeah. getting better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Milata is better. Well, Jason Peters got injured in 2017. Milata is better than what they had there back then. Their offensive line just keeps getting better and better. It's a tribute to Jeff Stoutland. It's a tribute to them drafting. It's a tribute to those guys. Um, and I think you're right. Kansas City's offensive line is very good. I think that this is the biggest edge the Eagles have is their offensive line is just is superb. Is, yeah, is, I mean, really... you said the best since the Cowboys in the 90s. I haven't thought back that far. Maybe it is. It's certainly the best I've seen in the league in the last five years. Yeah, they've, it, they've made it work uh, for them to get to this point and have the record that they do. And yes, uh, Stoutland University open for business and uh, any offensive lineman should be wanting to train there. Um, I think an advantage for the Eagles coming into this game, Glenn, is their wide receivers against the DBs for the Chiefs. Now, I watched that entire Bengals-Chiefs game last week. We know that Cincinnati's got maybe the best triumvirate of wide receivers in the National Football League with Burrow throwing them the football. Yeah. And they didn't blow out that chief secondary. They they kept them pretty much in check, certainly enough to win the football game, held Cincinnati to 20 points. They start two rookies at cornerback. Now, both have come a long way over the course of the season, but they're still rookies. So is this going to become a wide receiver game, do you think? It, it hasn't been really in either of the first two playoff games. Has it needed to be? Will it need to be in this one? I said going into the last game, my pick for MVP was A.J. Brown. Well, the, he, he, the, I don't want to say he was a non-factor. He was, he was fine. It wasn't a big factor. Um, Hassan Reddick was easily the MVP. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it's not going to be one of the quarterbacks who will be the MVP of the Super Bowl 
it will be AJ Brown. Ooh, and going back, he, that I am. I'm going Doubling back. Doubling down. We like it back, hey, man. He's had the best season of wide receiver in this town since T.O., right? And, yeah. and I wanted to end on a flourish. I wanted to be that the two big acquisitions that they had, had how he had in the offseason, end up being the heroes of the last two games. And I mean, you laid it out. Their cornerbacks are good, but they're young. Um, Steve Spagnuolo is a terrific defensive coordinator, but A.J. Brown, that's your MVP. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about A.J. is I don't think he's 100%, Glenn. I don't think he's right uh, from a health perspective. Now, he's not going to say anything. They're not going to put him on the injury report, but you kind of saw him tweet uh, something at the end of the Giants game which I think is where everyone was talking about his frustration. I think it was more about he, he tweaked something. Yeah, I do too. Um, so, and by the way, I just want to say one thing about the Giants game. He, he caught, well, I forgot, two passes for 23 yards. Yes, he, I think it was he, three. Yeah. Okay. He blocked like hell in that game. Oh, right? yeah. He, and, he sprung Devontae on the touchdown. Right. Yeah. So, and I know a lot of people in town weren't saying it, but there is a little bit of a narrative, oh, diva wide receiver. He ain't a diva. He wants the ball, no, but when he doesn't get the ball, he doesn't sulk. He doesn't take the play off, and that's one of the reasons I love this guy. Compared to diva wide receivers, AJ Brown is not a diva, <laughs> but he he wants the football. He's like every receiver, every good receiver. He definitely wants the football, but sure, he's not gonna, great, yeah. Which I is, want him to want the football. Yeah, I want no, him to have the football. MVP. No, what are my no odds on that, Jody? There's got to be a number. What do I get on that? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, anything not quarterback is probably going to be a pretty good payoff. I'll yeah. see if I can find it for you. Now, you talked about the Giants game, Glenn. Um, so I want to talk about the path and the schedule because you have all these people that say the Eagles are the first team in NFL history to get to the Super Bowl without playing anybody, Glenn Mack. Now, they haven't played anybody. Yeah, amazing. Um, you know, the Chiefs have a bad schedule as well. You hear it from that perspective. The 49ers had a bad schedule. They didn't beat anybody. They won. They didn't lose for three months. It's almost coincidental. If you win all your games, it affects the teams that lose against yeah, you. Yeah, how about that? 16 yeah. more losses those teams had than yeah. they would if the Eagles hadn't shown up. I believe the regular season, the Eagles were 7-1 against teams with winning records, which I guess now means they were 9-1 against teams with winning records. Now, that includes the Giants three times. You can say the Giants weren't a good team. They made the freaking playoffs. Um, The Eagles beat everybody they had to. Uh, The Eagles' losses were clunkers against two bad teams, Washington and New Orleans. And the game against Dallas where they didn't have their starting quarterback and the backup through those interceptions. I don't – I mean, who played the elite schedule in the NFL this yeah, year? I, I don't know who it was. Yeah. The, the AFC East maybe? The, if the, everybody's a nobody, you can't beat a summer. Right, right. And that's – you know. I, 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 I take that as sour grapes and, uh, you know, they wouldn't have beaten San Francisco if they didn't knock out the quarterback. Well, hell, they scored 30-plus points on that greatest defense in the history of pro football. Give me a break. Yeah, G-Mac, I'll give you the one by that the I way, found. Yeah, they knocked out two quarterbacks, by the way. A non-aggressive well, defense as well. That's another yeah, true. They knocked out one-and-a-half quarterbacks, when you really <laughs> want to be honest. <laughs> All right. All right. Shot on goal. Scott. We got you. Um, I did find, uh, not put it, at least the spot I looked at first, not putting out individual odds. 
but you can just bet wide receiver and still get six to one. So you get uh, Devontae Smith thrown in there on top of it and or any of Kansas City's wide receivers, which if they win one, shame on the Eagles. If it's not uh, Mr. Kelsey, yeah. the MVP. No, I, don't, for the I, I don't think I want to put a lot of money on Kadarius Tony, but on um, Mark yeah. Valdez. Gandhi. No, no, no. But, but I do I, want to visit Mr. AJ, Kelsey because I've asked everyone who's come on, Mac, uh, this week, previous week, shoot, anytime we talk about the Chiefs. We know how great Travis Kelsey is. He, he's the best pass-catching tight end in football now. He's one of the greatest of all time. I know that. You know that. John McMullen knows that. The world knows that. How does this friggin' guy get his wide open week in and week out when we all know he's the quarterback's number one choice? Yeah. And he seems to be open by two, three yards every time home throws on the ball. How is that? Yeah, well, because he's that. Guy. I'll ask you guys: is, is he? Is he? Is his game the same as Gronk's game? Is it? No, because no. nobody uh, could cover Gronk, and nobody yeah. can cover this. Gronk guy. was more physical, go up, yeah. throw it up. He okay. got muscle a guy for the ball. Right. Not the same player. All right. All right, yeah, he is often wide, wide open, and yeah. you're thinking, who the hell? And that listen, that's the, you know, the, speaking of the obvious, that's the toughest challenge that you're going to have, right? You're going to have to cover him. You're going to have to double cover him. The good news is I don't think the wide receivers are that great that you really have to assign two guys to anybody. Um, I don't think you can – you obviously can't cover Kelsey with a linebacker. I, I'll throw it back. Who's covering him? Who, who's your number one Quarters, guy? baby. Zone. Zone it up. Yeah, man. I know you're going to – you are going to yeah. zone it up. You are. Yeah. But is there somebody you're going to try to shift over where he is? He runs back across the line. Who's going back there? Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson more than anybody else. Yeah, right. He's going to be the guy. Yeah, there's going to. I mean, it's going to be. I hate to say it's going to take a village. You know, <laughs> Epsy's going to be involved. Chauncey's going to be involved. Avante's going to be involved. Yeah. DJ Edwards, Kaiser White, everybody. It is going to be. He he is. A lot of people have said it this week. You know, Travis went to Cincinnati in college as an option quarterback. He is tremendously athletic, so he's sort of that glorified, you know, king-size slot receiver more than the traditional yeah. tight end you were talking about, like Gronk. Dallas Goddard's more like a Gronk type. Yeah. Like he can do yeah. both, and 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 he's tremendously athletic on top. But Kelsey's like – he's he's as good as receivers. Catch, he's, he's more like Tony Gonzalez, would I, I – Yeah, would, you know I what? That's a great comparison. And yeah. what do you have? He had 100 catches this year or something along those lines? It's oh, just, he, yeah, his numbers yeah. are, are – All right. First Come ballot on, Hall you, of Famer. But, you're making, so let's talk you're making about me the, obsess about this, for God's sakes. The, the, the Kelsey Bowl, you talked about Jason Kelsey a little bit. Um, and 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 – there's so many narratives to the Super Bowl. Andy's obvious. One that's not as obvious, Glenn, is Nick Sirianni started I his know. pro career in Kansas City. And when Andy came in, he had to let Nick go. Nick met his wife in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. This this Super Bowl is crazy. You you've seen all the jokes this week about who, uh, who went on with Barstool. Or, or pro football talk and said the NFL is scripted. I forget what player. Arian Foster. It was great. Yeah, it, right, was, yeah. it was just like a Saturday yeah. night. He wasn't serious, by the way. For the fans out there, he was joking okay. around. But, man, there's a lot of stories here. The there's there's a ton of great stories. <laughs> um, and, and one that really intrigues me that is getting play, but I think is going to get more play is, is the – 
Well, I don't want to say the changing of the guard and quarterbacks because Mahomes has been there for a few years. But with Brady retiring and Aaron Rodgers uncertain, and uh, I don't want to put Matt Ryan in that lofty company, but he's he's done. I'm just trying to think the older quarterbacks moving out and the younger quarterbacks moving in. The four quarterbacks in the conference championships, right, when you add Burrow and Mahomes, were average yeah. age 25. Yeah. And – you know, you have you have Hertz, who is what is he, the second youngest quarterback to start a Super Bowl, something like that. Um, you have, I think, we've seen it in the AFC, the rise of the good young quarterbacks of the AFC. Hertz now represents the NFC, and I think you know a great storyline is the future of the position is being shown in the Super Bowl, and that's 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 a storyline that I love. And will be played up big time because not only are they the two youngest combined, but they're also the first time two Afri- African-American quarterbacks have started against each other. So you're right, the quarterback position. It's always the quarterback position, but it's kind of a different quarterback story this time. And uh, I expect both of them to have good games, which means I expect a high-scoring game. Do you, G-Mac? It's the over-under. you have any idea? 49 and a half. Oh, I'll go over that, yeah. I mean, we can go over that, and it's not a high-scoring game, right? We can go 27-24. No, um, well, that would be 51. That would be over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We could – oh, we could – I'm saying we could – I said oh, that Oh, wait. Backwards. You don't consider 27-24 high-scoring. Okay. Right, right. And, and you've already made the over. So, I think uh, – I think if that's considered high-scoring, and I don't, again, I think it's going to be above the over, and somebody will score in the 30s. Hopefully the team not – you know what? Not wearing this stupid <laughs> Bear with me. Hold on. Oh, I'll be right back. Off the rain. Yeah, give me a second. Right. I'm making my buddy uncomfortable. He's got to take off his conchock and red. All right. Uh, there sure. we go. There you go. It, it, oh, sorry, I, I don't mean to hold you. I apologize. And it was Philly's red that he was wearing. Not Kansas City red that yeah. he was wearing. That was – Philadelphia Philly red country. There you go. That's right. This isn't exactly green, but it's kind of green. And I'm representing Delco. So there you have it. There we go. He's always repping Glenn Mack. So you brought up, Glenn, you brought up Super Bowl 52 um, before, and you talked about high scoring. Obviously, that one was 41-33. All the yardage back and forth, up and down the field. Greatest game ever. Two things I want to know. Is this team better than that team was? Is this 22, yes, 2022 Eagles team better than that one? Easily, and easily, easily. If they win another game in that main, does Jonathan Gannon hear it like Jim Schwartz did? Oh, he gave up 500 yards. Yes. Of course, <laughs> John. I think you you referenced it earlier. This is this will be a shock to you. Jonathan Gannon has heard it every week all season. I mean, that's Jonathan Gannon is is the guy, and we can we can dive into why the guy who Eagle fans love to hate, even during his successful times. On the other hand, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl and they win it twenty seven to ten or something like that. Uh, Jonathan and Jonathan Gannon holds Patrick Mahomes to you know 200 yards, and the Eagles have an interception or two. Jonathan Gannon gets to ride on the front float, and everybody will will throw beers and confetti in his direction, and not in anger. 
uh, that should be fun if that's the way it shakes out. Not sure. We're, we're saying 27-24, and that would be a low-scoring affair as compared to what we think. Is yeah, no, I don't, I don't expect 27-10, but if right. it were to happen, the next statue outside gets to, get to go to Jonathan Gannon. But if Jonathan Gannon and or Shane Steichen don't get a head coaching job and it's surely looking that way, how lucky are the Eagles to have both of them coming back? Yeah, very much. I, I thought Gannon was for sure going to Texas. Uh, and I think Texas made a great hire in D'Amico Rides. It makes sense in 26 different ways. Um, but it does look like they are not going to get a job. And that works out really well for the Eagles. Thank you very much. Because, um, let me just say, let me, I'm sorry, one more thing. Because when we've seen teams fall apart, Andy's team fell apart for a lot of reasons. But one I thought was his great assistant coaching staff got stripped away, right? Yeah, all yeah. of those guys, the Harbaugh's and the Frazier's and the Rivera's and all, you know, he, when you lose those guys and don't replace them with guys as good as them, you, you really suffer. And I thought that was, that was one of Andy's downfalls. So keep them as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, the coaching staff has done a tremendous job. We know that it's not only Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, you got to worry about Brian Johnson, Kevin Petullo, Denard Wilson. These new coaches still have to fill out their staff. So we'll see how that shakes out. But um Coaching staff versus Howie Roseman. Who's more responsible for this? Oh, I season? hate this question. <laughs> and I've heard it. Is it Hertz? Is it Sirianni? Is it Howie? Um, I'll, jeez. By, by, well, by, because by giving it to one, I'm criticizing another. But I'll give it to, I mean, I'll give it to Howie because he hired Nick, right? Uh, I, I, I would give Jeffrey Lurie. I would give Jeffrey Lurie the Nick. Uh, uh, okay. The Nick. All right. Howie, Howie was recommending Josh McDaniels, for those who don't know. Uh, and Jeffrey uh -huh. wisely said, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey wisely said, you know what? Uh, I don't care what these two guys say today. Long term, they're not going to be able to coexist. And I agree with Jeffrey Lurie. I think All he right. made the right decision. Uh, I, I'm... I'm still – I'll stick with Howie because he had, for the second time, an almost perfect offseason. And all of those guys he brought in, the long-term guys, the short-term guys, have worked out tremendously. So that takes nothing away from the head coach. And, oh, by the way, he was the guy who drafted Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we yeah, know it's a yeah, team yeah. effort. It's a yeah. collective but mm -hmm. Howie's the one who sent the card to uh, Commissioner yep. in his living room, Goodell, so he gets partial credit on what the quarterback has done, too. I, I want to revisit a guy John just referenced, and that's Jeff, Jeff Lurie. Um, I remember sitting in the WIP studios, you and I, and we got a chance to interview yeah. uh, Jeff Lurie shortly yeah. after he bought the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember he that. he used the phrase gold standard. He yes, wanted he did. to make the Philadelphia Ooh. Eagles Ooh. Yes, the gold he did. standard Ooh, did of we, the national football. We roasted him after yeah. that, didn't we? Yeah. We both shrugged our shoulders. We both rolled our eyes. And then we went on with it. I'll tell you, Glenn, that this game, Sunday, determines who is the gold standard of the NFL going into 2023. If the Chiefs win... Yeah, it's Andy Reid and the Chiefs because he'll have been there and won two out of three. And 
But if the Eagles win and beat the Chiefs, they will have won two out of five and all the playoff runs. And yes, Andy is part of that Jeff Lurie saga from whence he hired the team. I think the gold standard thing can only go about back the last five years. But I think this decides it. Whoever I agree. wins this game is the gold standard of the NFL. I think that's a great point, Jody. And I think now that the Patriots are no longer that, which they've been for so long, it is the, the position is open and the winner of this gets it. Um, so I think you're, you're right. You're spot on. One other thing I think he said in that interview with us, if not, he said it right around the, the same time. I think one of us said to him, so your goal is to win a Super Bowl. And he said, no, no, Super Bowls. Yeah. Plural. Well, gotta, yeah. and, and we thought like, yeah, okay, pal, you know, bowls. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But you know what? Right now, bowls. The it new happened. normal. It just yeah. started a little <laughs> bit late, uh, Glenn, yeah. Glenn Mack now. All yeah. right, I want to give you the last one for me. I know we kept you too long, Glenn. but uh, uh, I got a two-year-old grandson waiting for yeah. me. Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm going to give you a tougher spin on this. Uh, because Jeffrey Laurie, whether it's gold standard, silver standard, bronze standard, <clears throat> this has been, and there we go, your Nick Sirianni. In there you this. go. There's yes, the boy. grandson. Say hi. Say hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, buddy. Mm. Go with Nanny. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. Whatever. The Eagles are one of the best organizations in the NFL under Jeffrey Laurie. I think we can mm -hmm. all agree with that. But my my question is, who's who's more responsible for this foundation? Is it Jeffrey or is it Andy Reid? Because everything the Eagles espouse and believe in can be traced back to 1999, in my estimation. Agree with that or not? No, Andy's long gone. And, you know, the, the same way I don't get the people, including good friends of mine and coworkers who hold this grudge against Andy, uh, I, I also think Andy's no longer relevant to the organization no, I think it's relevant, the Eagles. Glenn, but the foundation his belief system they bought in and they continued not that well they are they i hear you i yeah. hear you john but the eagles have had since andy they've had how many coaches Great. chip doug right chip doug and now nick um each of whom like every coach jeff Lurie ever hired made the playoffs in his second year uh, no, I don't think it's Andy anymore. I think Andy is, is a, is a fond, uh, memory and gets credit for having him on the right path for a long time, but no, nah, it, it's, it's Lori's now. I, I disagree. All right. Um, I'm more on John's side here. The fact that they have stayed tried and true to build from the trenches out. And if they win the game, I think that'll be a big part of it. Cause as you stated earlier, better offensive line, better defensive line. That's something that they've certainly done since uh, Andy was here and have never moved off. All right, moving out to Arizona. The Eagles have had some problems in Arizona. Shoot, they almost lost to a bad Cardinal team this year. Mm -hmm. If they didn't have the better of the two replacement kickers, they might have lost their undefeated <laughs> oh, season even that's right. earlier than they yeah. did. Dicker the kicker. I love Dicker the kicker. Yeah. He, yeah. he did yeah. the Eagles solid and then, yeah. then went on, as a matter of fact, yeah. uh, elsewhere. Does the placement – is? The fact that it's a West Coast game, Arizona, does that have anything to do with anything, or am I just blowing smoke here? No, because they're they're not they're not playing a West Coast team. I mean, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who are no more. They don't play in that division. They don't go out to Arizona anymore. The Eagles, um, nah, I don't I don't think so. It's the Super Bowl. It's this, the Super Bowl is such a different cat 
in any you know anyway yeah. you go out there early you go through everything during the week it's always a different stadium it's never your home stadium it will be interesting to see how many eagle fans are able to get out there uh that could have an effect they certainly helped um in minnesota and they for what it's worth outnumbered patriots fans when we were down in jacksonville but i think um no, you can play this game on Mars, and I don't think it would have yeah. any different. And by the way, the Eagles get the advantage because they're the home team, so they get to practice at the Cardinals facility. And there you go. Chiefs got to go out to Arizona State, and uh, so if anything, plus, the Eagles plus they're wearing the plus they're wearing green, yeah, and yes. not the slow green pants. That no, well, we hope. I don't know that. We hope. Oh well, so. yeah, they're one uh, uh, midnight yeah. green with white pants. White pants. White That's pants. already been determined. <laughs> 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 I uh, I know you and I are working together Sunday on WIP. Yeah. Has yeah. the schedule been set for Super Bowl Sunday yet? Do you know how many hours in a row you're going to have to do? I'm I'm I think I'm not working with you that Sunday. I think I'm only two to six. Okay. So I think you're with somebody else in the morning. Enjoy. Oh, so you're you're staying so focused on the pregame show. You're bagging me, is what you're telling me. Well, they're sending me. We're doing it on on site. On site would be Arizona. We're doing it at a. Some very nice sponsor has agreed to buy from two o'clock on. So I'm going to be there from two o'clock on with a cast of thousands. I think, um, you know, all, all, a lot of the WIP regular guys are going to be there. I think they're going to get a couple of alum in there. Uh, I think it's being well paid for by a sponsor. So it's going to be uh, a big and festive affair and I'll be the ringmaster. Very nice. My but man. I will see you this Sunday. Uh, by the way, just so you know, I just got off the phone. Kevin Nagandi of ESPN. Local oh. guy's going to join us. Love Nagani, and he and he said he's looking forward to talking to you. What is what does he have to do with Philadelphia? Like he doesn't <laughs> wear it on his sleeve every chance he gets. On well, the he's, he's he's smart enough not to wear Kansas City red for an interview. Uh, just you, do me a favor. Just run that. this part, would you? Look, Delco. Okay, <laughs> no, no. there he's you go. guy always has been, always will be. <laughs> we appreciate him jumping in with us today, Mac. I'll talk to you on Sunday. I'm going to play with the grandkid. You got thanks, Glenn. Glenn Mac. This on Birds 365. And one grand king note before we get to our next break. You did see the quote from uh, Mama Kelsey, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That she said she's uh, Travis thinks, no, Jason thinks she's going to root for Travis because he's the baby. Yeah. And she said, well, no, I kind of leave. He got, he got the grandkids. Yeah. He's produced the grandkids, which yeah. Travis hasn't done yet. So, yeah. and and there's a chance that they could add another one to the brood this week, that Kelsey's wife yeah. is bringing her obstetrician yeah. to Arizona with her. So he gets, he gets the advantage. Yeah, everybody thought. And by the way, Glenn, yeah, uh, Nick Sirianni, after the championship game, brought up all three of his kids, not grandkids, kids. Um, and Taylor Sirianni has become a star for mimicking her father. Answering my question, by the way. Taylor Sirianni became a star. Yeah, that can happen for the little ones on the post-interview uh, stage. All right, our stage is Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We'll come back and continue to talk about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Our number two, Andrew DiCecco from InsideTheBirds.com is going to jump in here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Post-game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post-game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, a.k.a. Mac and Mac. We're down to Mac. Glenn Mac now did a good job jumping in here. Sorry for pimping them if I'm putting the red on, but it was like, it's a hanging curveball. You got to take a shot at it, right? Uh, He played it well. Uh, Thank you for jumping in. Andrew DeCecco from InsideTheBirds.com's 
going to jump in about 15 minutes from now. Um, GMAC, I, you've got a better memory than me. I had to do a little work just to double check. Uh, a lot of reference over the last couple of days about the last time these two teams met because it was Andy Reid against Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts against Patrick Mahomes. Last year, week four, right in the middle of the slow start the Philadelphia Eagles were having, right in the middle of the quarterbacks completing 80% of their passes against the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. That wasn't good. Um, and, yeah, the Chiefs, it ended up being less than a two-touchdown score because the Eagles got a late touchdown. But truth be told, the Chiefs were up by 20 points in the fourth quarter of that game. It wasn't really competitive. Uh, but I did go back and just check the, the the numbers from it. I don't have the game. I checked to make sure if I had it on the DVR. I would have gone back and watched it again, but I had erased it. Um, the star of that game was Tyreek Hill, and he's not going to be in Kansas City Red this week. No. Uh, yes, they, they've gotten over needing a guy like Tyreek Hill, but he did eat the Eagles alive last year in that game. And Travis Kelsey did not have that big a game. The Chiefs scored 40-some-odd points, and Travis only had four catches. Um, yeah, they didn't need him to because yeah. – uh, A lot of that quick. is, you know, I, you know, they're completely different teams. I understand why people want to go back to that game, but as you mentioned – Tyree kills not there. The Eagles defense is not the Eagles defense now and all the additions and they're completely different. They struggled defensively last year, especially early. You mentioned the 80% completion percentages um, and all that kind of stuff. Just completely, completely different teams. But in the case of Kelsey, it's similar. Well, if you're getting the ball to Tyree kill, you know, who cares? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's, there's like a give and take to that. Now he's, but that, that you know, I, if the Eagles hold Travis Kelsey to four receptions, they're probably going to win the game this time because they don't have Tyreek Hill and they got to lean more on on Travis Kelsey. So all of that kind of stuff factors into it. There's a lot of people who go back to last week, you know, forget about the last year and say, well, Jalen Hurts only threw 120, whatever it was, 100. Who cares? <laughs> the game was over. It wasn't. It wasn't relevant. So I think the context gets lost and that kind of stuff. But yeah, without Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I think we all thought, boy, that's going to be interesting. Um, Kansas City and how explosive they've been and not having Tyreek Hill. And by the way, Tyreek Hill in Miami proved just how damn explosive he is. Uh, uh, and they were able to overcome it. They're a different team though. They don't have that there's nobody who scares defenses more in the NFL still today than Tyreek Hill. I mean, he brightens defenses. They're scared to death of him. Um, and they don't have that presence anymore. And they still had the season they had, which again goes back to the talent of Patrick Mahomes, his ability to elevate people. But it also goes back to Andy Reid. And that's the one thing where Glenn and I disagree on, man. This whole organization is built on the foundation of Andy Reid's philosophy. Not that he's part of the success now. Yeah, that part we agree on. He's not relevant to the success now, but he taught Jeffrey Lurie what matters in this league, and he taught Howie Roseman what matters in this league, and they have moved forward with that philosophy. That's what I mean when I say that. 
And the key guy in, in that group you just mentioned is Howie Roseman. Uh, you've been around Howie. You talked to Howie. Uh, you certainly know Andy. How much the relationship between Howie Roseman and Andy Reid has shaped the way Howie does his business today? Oh, is man. is he the, the main guy that Howie picked up his philosophies from and his roster building uh, bases that he uses to try and continue oh, yeah. to do it with oh, the Eagles? Yeah. More so even, you know, when Howie, you know, came to Philadelphia, he was, as I think people realize, you know, regarded as more of a, a money guy. He started out as an intern. He was a salary cap sort of counsel, moved up to, I, I'd have to look, uh, director of football administration. And, you know, he loved personnel he loved personnel and how he uh uh andy took a liking to him very hard worker very smart guy took a liking to him yeah everything when it comes to personnel everything how he believes comes directly from andy reed and he'll admit it comes directly from andy reed and he talks about it all the time I go back to last year with Cam Jurgens. Look, people were criticizing. Everybody wanted Nicobe Dean. Eagles ended up getting him anyway. And he said, look, when it comes to offensive, defensive line versus something else, if we have a similar grade on a player, we're taking the offensive or defense. He says it. And mm -hmm. people still don't, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to hear it because it's not sexy. Um, but it works. It works, and it all comes from Andy Reid, all of it. Understood. Um, let me ask you a Howie question, because you and I have, have beat around the fact that uh, the Eagles, Howie's going to have a, a very busy offseason. The Eagles have a lot of free agents. Uh, that's the way they constructed the roster this year. A couple of guys in 2020 hindsight, you can go now go back and go, well, why didn't they give Bradbury a second or a third year? Well, he, Bradbury didn't want a second or a third year. He wanted yeah. a make yeah. good contract to be able to go back out on the market and get paid that much more this year. But they just the fact that he got them and they're in the Super Bowl now outweighs everything else. But they've got a lot of free agents that have reached free agency in varying ways. Veteran guys, younger guys, second year, second contract guys. Uh, they come in all shapes and sizes. And it's going to be really difficult for Howie to be able to keep all the guys, it's virtually impossible to keep all of them. So it'll be a little pick and choose and who does get the money on the open market. One thing we haven't talked about yet. If the Eagles win this game uh, 10 days from now, after Doug Peterson won his Super Bowl, before the next season started, they had negotiated an extension for Doug Peterson. They tacked on years because he brought the Super Bowl to Philadelphia. That won't be the case here with Nick Sirianni. He will be bringing the second Super Bowl to Philadelphia. But it's a Super Bowl just the same. They're in the same situation after year two, winning it all. Is that something that will be on Howie's to-do list this offseason as per his owner? Yeah, we got to do the right thing and extend Nick Sirianni. We don't want to lose Nick Sirianni. We don't, we don't want Nick Sirianni replacing Andy Reid. That Jody McDonald fellow said 2030. We got to make sure it's not 2026 
as yeah. a matter of fact, that Sirianni's going to coach the Chiefs. Is that part of the offseason <laughs> to-do list? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, you don't have to worry about, remember, salary cap issues for a coaching staff. And maybe, you know, I think an extension at that point would be more, um, you know, money-wise, a financial uh, uh, because of winning, you know. Uh, give, yeah, you, you don't have to worry about Nick Sirianni leaving this job um, at any point. We, if we might have said to... that about Doug Peterson. Would we have not have? If we, no. if we, if we had this guy, Birds 365 existed right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. We, oh, we, well, we yeah, said, I said. Oh, you don't I, have to worry about Doug leaving the Eagles. But that was more Eagles. Uh, I'm saying, um, you know, the Eagles didn't want Doug anymore more than Doug didn't want the Eagles. Um, that's what I meant by that. Yeah. I said in the bar after the game, I said, all right, lifetime dispensation card for Doug Peterson. Um, I was long? woefully, woefully wrong on that. Three years. Um, same thing with Nick Sirianni. Oh, the Eagles might want to move on. You know, what are the, what it meant? Way too early. I mean, we're talking like once you set this standard, we just went through it. There's nowhere to go but down, Jody. Mm -hmm. Nowhere. You you can sustain. Hopefully, you know, New England did it better than anybody else for numbers of years. That's the best you can hope for. Sustaining. You can't go any higher. So, law of averages says. Well, you're probably going to go down and you start to lose some players. Well, you're not going to be as good. And one thing, Jeffrey Lurie, for all the flowers he's getting, he has proven when things don't go the way he wants them to go, he's going to go looking like most owners. He's going to go looking for a scapegoat. It starts with assistance and then it slowly moves up. And we saw it with Doug Peterson First, it was Mike Rowe. It was Carson Walsh, scapegoat them. Then it didn't work out again. All of a sudden, you start to look at the head coach. It's the way the coaches know. But oldest cliche in the world, coaches are hired to be fired. Yep. I mean, it's just the way it is. But if the Eagles, you know, the Eagles have all the power in that relationship is what I'm trying to say. Now, is it conceivable? I said Nick Sirianni, you know, met his wife in Kansas City. She's from there. Um, you know, maybe she wants to go back at some point for family and maybe Andy Reid retires. He's not getting fired in Kansas City. Um, you know, who knows? Anything can happen down the road, but Nick's very happy with this job right now. Understood. I just wanted to see if you thought that was something that they would do since they did it the last time they won the Super Bowl just five years ago. Uh, and I was wondering if you thought they'd go back down that road again. All right. Sirianni's got his work cut out for him this week against Danny Reed. And today is the first walkthrough. And then they've got practice the next couple of days before they get on the flight to Arizona. Um, something you get to uh, see, not much of it, but certainly more than uh, all the rest of us is the Eagles practice. Nick does continue to harp on the fact that they practice as hard as they do. I, I still am having my issues with it because guys like John McMullen tell me, yeah, they were only out there for 45 minutes. 
how hard can you practice if you're not even going to use all your allotted time? But he does continue to say that they practice hard, that they're, I believe, focused. I don't know if I would use the word hard. A walkthrough is a walkthrough. How hard are the practices going to be the next two days thereafter? Um, well, I, I think what Nick relates to when he says they practice hard, when they're out there, they practice hard, and they do. They practice hard when they're out there. For that allotted time, even in walkthroughs, you know, we always talk about going through walkthroughs, full speed to the to the moments. Um, what he's trying to relate is when they are out there, they work extremely hard. Um, and I think he's right from that standpoint. Um, but it is a short amount of time. So it's kind of the way you look at it from his perspective. Look, he's got to deal with the organization as well. And they believe this is the way to go through things. And it's hard to argue with him right now. It really is. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Now, this team's 16-1 and one with a starting quarterback. I, there's not a lot of holes to poke. I do my best, but there's not a lot of holes to poke. And uh, they are coming into the game probably, well, we know 22 out of 22 are going to start. Some might not be 100% at the start of the game, but they are tremendously healthy going into the most important game of the year, which is also a win for the philosophy of the Philadelphia Eagles. John McMullen, Judah McDonald, we are Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. We're going to get guest number two for our Thursday affair up from InsideTheBirds.com. Andrew Jacheco, first time we've had Andrew on the show. Looking forward to talking to Eagles Chiefs with him on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. With John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. This is Bart Street 65. Appreciate you streaming in. If you want, go ahead and hit that like button. Tell us we're doing an okay job, at least. Come on. You hit that button every once in a while. All right. Uh, joining us for the next 15, 20 minutes to lend us some birds. Insight is from InsideTheBirds.com. Uh, Andrew DiCecco, who first things first, we have to question his attire. We made fun of Glenn Mack because yeah. he had red. <laughs> what the hell are you doing uh, wearing a dress, uh, a jacket for? This He's is relaxed, Birds 365. Look, I, got, I, I have to look sharp. It's You know, we're covering the Super Bowl here, you know. Yeah. It's only right. Andrew's got to up, uh, upstage me. Uh, well <laughs> done. I also like, what What do we got? Andrew writes about uh, music as well. What is that, Def Leppard in the background? Yeah, I got the guitar world over there, the Def Leppard. You know, I'm a big uh, music guy, big concert guy, so I always have that represented at all times. Nice. Would you wear that coat to a Def Leppard contest? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think I could get away with that, Jody. Yeah, I don't think that they that, like that. That's why much. we're watching you here today. We, we'd rather see you in a Def Leppard t-shirt, but we'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you just the same. I right, the big showdown. We still got nine more days to wait before it comes down. Who's there more pressure on going into this game, Andrew? I think there's more pressure on the Eagles, I would say, Jody, given everything that they've done this season, all the boxes that they checked off, all the accolades they collected throughout the season. The quarterback was MVP frontrunner for much of the season, and the Eagles just tore through the NFL. So I think to come up short in the big game, it's almost expected right now around the city of Philadelphia that they're going to win this game. And much of the season, we've all thought that they're going to win this game. So I think to come up short would be a disappointment knowing that you have a hobbled quarterback on the opposing sideline as well. And given the 70 sacks that the Eagles have been able to rack up throughout the season, yeah. I think everything's sort of setting up, you know, John, John's been there every, every week and he's there every day. So I think John can attest to this as well, that the matchup seems to favor the Eagles as we sit, you know, nine days out from the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Andrew, if you think about Kansas city's loss to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, what was that about? It was about the pass rush, just getting Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable off his spots, speeding him up. And, you know, as you mentioned, the Eagles with 70 sacks, Hassan Reddick, the year he's having Kansas city's got a tremendous offensive line, except for Andrew Wiley. And guess who gets the matchup with uh, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, Hassan exactly. yeah, so that does look like a good matchup on paper. Um, it does seem to, and I want to bring this up because it just came across my timeline. Uh, Julian Love, uh, the Giants safety, who's actually a very good young player, 
mm-hmm. uh, was on Good Morning Football, which is on when we're on, and evidently he's saying some things about Nick Sirianni. Here's what he said. He's in for a free ride. You and I could coach that team. More disrespect for the Eagles. But they do have this. They're the better team. 53 through one through 53. They're better than Kansas City. Everybody seems to be realizing it. And, you know, Julian Love wants to take shots at the coach. Some people take shots at the quarterback. But people are starting to realize how stinking talented this Eagles team is. Yeah, it, t- it only took, what, 17, 18, 19 <laughs> weeks for them to figure it out. You know, all season, John, we've heard, yeah, but they haven't played anybody. You play who's in front of you, you dominate your opponent, and that's all they can control. But it, it's it's interesting now. You heard Micah Parsons, you know, go out there, go out on a limb on Twitter yesterday or the other day and, you know, vouch for the Eagles and hope that, you know, talk to Lane Johnson, hope he gets a ring. And now you're seeing Julian Love also from an NFC East rival say that. So I think the Eagles are starting to collect some praise throughout the, the NFL. But I'm pretty sure if you were to poll anybody in that locker room, John, they would they they don't want that. They want to have their backs against the wall mentality. Oh, yeah. They want to be not, the underdog. And not, be, yeah. and not get too comfortable or complacent. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I uh, give Michael Parsons this much credit. He said it before they faced Eagles. He, he made his comments about Hurts uh, before they – he had actually yeah. then go play him. Julian Love running his mouth now after the Giants have gotten there. You know what's kicked <laughs> by the Eagles three times in one year. Yeah, funny you didn't mention that before any of those games, Julian, that the Eagles were so good that uh, a monkey could have coached them. Yeah, uh, I'm giving no credence whatsoever to that <laughs> comment. And I will give, uh, again, Parsons credit. Because he did. He reached out and said, hey, what what Lane Johnson is doing right now is like off the charts. It's mm-hmm. historic, untouched on his yeah. side of the football. And he got a lot of crap from Cowboys fans for yeah. it. That's uh, what I'm saying. He, he got a lot of crap from Eagle fans for saying what he did about Hurts. You got to acknowledge that he's given props to the sure. potential Hall of Famer on the Eagles' right side. Um, Lane Johnson has gotten shot up, whatever necessary, to play the two games since coming back from the injury. Does the extra week this week – how do you ask Lane Johnson to be better than what he is, is is the point I guess I'm trying to get. How do you get better than the quarterback never gets touched? Is it a complete non-factor? We not even consider the fact that uh, he's playing with a torn adductor in the Super Bowl, Andrew? Yeah, what Lane Johnson been able to do, Jody, has been one of the more remarkable things that I've seen probably since my entire time covering the NFL. I mean, that is a significant injury. Knowing what he ha- what that requires, <laughs> that abductor injury, what that requires from an offensive lineman to hold to stave off some of the elite pass rushers in the NFL as he's doing it is just it, it is it's heroic. It's nothing short of heroic what he's doing. He's laying it on the line for his teammates. Everybody's playing a little bit harder. You know what's at stake here, and it's not going to get any better. That that extra week isn't going to necessarily alleviate any of the pain. I mean, I think the Eagles are doing well by him to rest him when necessary when they can and things like that, but it's not going to improve. It's just, I think the pain has probably amplified significantly since he took the field against the giants in the divisional round. Yeah. And he's going to have surgery uh, after the season. So it's one of those things where you're right, Andrew, he's just uh, pushing through. Now last week was the big test with Nick Bosa this week. You have Chris Jones, but you know, that front, Brian Clark's a good pass rusher at times. Uh, I think Steve Spagnolo generates a lot of pressure with blitzes. Um, 
You know, I went through it with Jeffrey Simmons earlier in the year with Dexter and Lawrence after he lit up Minnesota mm-hmm. and Nick Bosa last week. Eagles shut all these people down. They shut right. all these people down. Not only Lane, this offensive line is the best in football. Is that the biggest advantage the Eagles have? Always the offensive line. Yeah, I think so, John. I'm I'm like a, a trench junkie. Like I, I'm I'm fascinated by the matchups on the on the inside there. And I guess the big question to me becomes Landon Dickerson's viability or I guess his effectiveness with that hyperextended elbow. He's been playing at a high level. People forget yeah. he's a Pro Bowl player this year. Yeah. And playing alongside Kelsey, there's that cohesiveness there. You want to see if he's going to be able to play at that same level. He's going to play in the Super Bowl, but you want to see how he's going to be able to do that. Because Chris Jones, it's going to require Kelsey and some help. I mean, 15 yeah. and a half sacks, 29 quarterback hits this year. So, um, But, yeah, the Eagles have the advantage on the offensive line in every matchup this season. But uh, this is going to be – everything's going to be magnified in this game. The margin for error is so small in a game of this magnitude. And Eagles will have the advantage on the offensive line again this week, which means they should, in theory, be able to run the football when they want, when they need. The last couple of games, they've used all three of their backs, whether it's Gainwell, whether it's Boston Skyers, whether the guy who's been the numero uno for most of the games this year, Miles Sanders. Are we going to see the combo effort again here? It's worked two weeks running, but last week was more – kind of just uh, running out the clock that it was pouring it on. Um, how do you think the Eagles deploy their running backs coming into this game, uh, carry-wise? You know, Jody, I think you're going to see more of the three-headed rushing attack kind of circa 2003 when the Eagles had Deuce Daly, Brian Westbrook, Carell Buckhalter. Each running back has such a diverse skill set, and I think they're, they're going to deploy them as they see fit. I think if you look at the snap share throughout the latter part of the season, John, uh, Kenny Gainwell saw uh, he was taking on more of a workload, whether that had to do with Miles Sanders' knee or just simply preserving him for the playoffs. I think that they've seen him sort of come into his own late, sort of like that 2017 Corey Clement resurgence. Um, and you're starting to see, obviously, Boston Scott's effective in the red zone. And I think that Kenny Gainwell is showing that he can be a little bit more of an explosive option um, used sporadically. So they have the best of, you know, the best of all the different skill sets with all those three runners. So I think you're going to see them deploy them like that. Yeah. Kenny is an interesting player. Cause I think he had a disappointing regular season, but all of a sudden the postseason comes and he looks like, Hey, he's got some juice because he hasn't touched it a ton. He's not worn down and he's really effective, but I wanted to ask you, Andrew, from a larger perspective, mm-hmm. not just Kenny, Did you learn anything in these two games? Because the Eagles just waxed these teams. I mean, we knew they were a good team. But other than that, I kind of say, all right, I put them aside. I didn't really learn anything um, against San Francisco with Josh Mm -hmm. Johnson out there and all the struggles they had, the frustration. I didn't really learn anything by beating up on the Giants again. No, that Did was you a, learn anything? <laughs> that was a really strange game, too, by the way. 54, Jalen Hurts goes 5 of 7 for 54 yards. They punch it in, and then they always generate 13 yards combined on the next three drives. Yeah. They, you know, it was weird. But, no, John, I haven't really learned anything. But the one takeaway that I have is that the team was poised and ready for the moment. And a lot of times you'll see some of these teams, especially when you have a lot of young players in key spots, the lights sometimes are too bright for them. And that wasn't the case for this Eagles team. They rose to the occasion. They followed Nick Sirianni and his messaging and Jalen Hurts and his 
confidence and collectiveness at, at, you know, at all times. And I thought that they really, they really took it to those two teams and they never wavered once. And certainly obviously as you pull away, that makes it a little bit easier, but I think that that experience and that, you know, sort of connectivity, which is one of his, uh, his core values, Nick Sirianni, I think that's going to help them moving forward in the big game. Andrew, everybody gets a chance to weigh in on the Eagles assistant coaches, most prominently the two coordinators, um, a month ago or so, we might have said, hey, you know, one of these two uh, coordinators got to get a head coaching job. The Eagles have just been too good. They're going to be too good to pass up on. Now it looks like neither one of them will be getting their first chance to be a head coach before next year. Yes, uh, Steichen is still in the running for the Colts job. It hasn't been filled yet, but uh, not sure that's the direction they're going. How advantageous is that for the? There's a portion of the fans here in town that were hoping that mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon got the gig somewhere else. Uh, but in your opinion, how important is this Eagle staff staying together to uh, be able to be right back where they are again next year in 2023? Well, it's going to be hard for them to get right back to where they are, given all the free agency and all the uncertainty surrounding that, Jody. But I think that having those two coordinators in place from a continuity standpoint helps them tremendously, especially someone like Jalen Hurts, who's never really had stability from, the, from his offensive coaches throughout his career. Um, so I, and, and Jonathan Gannon, for as much flack as he gets around this city, I really thought that he's, he's, really, uh, he's really stood tall and called some really good games early in the postseason when it's really mattered. And, I mean, they really do have – they're building something special there. He's getting the personnel that he needs to execute his system. Shane Steichen's pushing all the right buttons. So to have that moving forward, which it looks like in all likelihood next season, it's going to benefit the Eagles tremendously. By the way, I wish Brock Purdy would have stayed healthy in that game Mm -hmm. because it was a very small sample size, Andrew, but six plays. But (laughs) the Eagles were – they looked like they were jumping every in-breaking route really quickly. And I thought, you know, if that game played out the way I thought it would play out, I thought Brock Purdy would have been kind of exposed, at least if the Eagles continued to go down that route. Uh, they were making it really difficult for him. And I think JG would have looked a lot better if he finished that game and the Eagles kind of dominated um, and won the NFC championship game that way. But did you see that early on? Again, very mm-hmm. small sample size. But to me, the, the secondary looked really, really aggressive. And they were going to jump the in-breaking stuff. Yeah, you, you make a really good point there, John. And when I when I went back and watched that game again, they they were aggressive to the point to the ball. They were more aggressive than the Niners, where they were very anticipatory in their in their in the way that they were reading Brock Purdy. Again, it was small sample size, but I think if he was able to play the entirety of the game, you would see a probably another Bradbury interception. Chauncey Gardner, C.J. Gardner Johnson probably would have came away with one. Um, I thought that his game plan, at least, uh, you know, in essence, looked like it was going to be uh, a massive. It looked like one. it was going to be very 49er centric. It, yeah. it really did to me. But it, it, it's so small a sample size. So he's going to continue to get slighted and questions and be, yeah. and, you know, skepticism throughout the next, you know, nine days. Right. So do you guys agree with me? It'll be more of like what we saw from Jonathan Gannon all year in this matchup against the Chiefs than against the 49ers because mm-hmm. yeah. it's Patrick Mahomes, not yeah. eight, I eight think we're gonna see hard Brock Purdy. I think we're going to see a lot yeah. of quarters this week, Andrew. Absolutely. I think they're going to play them straight up. 
uh, trying to keep everything in front of him, limit the explosives. You know, it's sort of been the MO all season. And um, again, you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. You have to prepare for everything. I do think that they're not traditionally a shot play team. I think Marquez Valdez Scantling is their shot play guy. Um, they're going to be a lot of dink and dunks. They use Jarek McKinnon a lot. They're running back. He's, he's third on the team in, you know, receptions. So I think you're going to see a lot of that trying to pick up yards, you know, incrementally throughout the, you know, longer drives. Yeah. Um, that Kansas City team, obviously, it starts with Andy Reid, and that's the most obvious uh, storyline of this game and Andy's history here. Um, somehow he's become a better coach in Kansas City. Hmm. Maybe that just has to do with, with Patrick Mahomes, but nonetheless, he's been there 10 years, nine playoff appearances, all the championship games. Um, but Nick Sirianni started his pro career in Kansas City, and ironically, it was Andy coming in. He said, look, Nick, I have David Culley. Uh, you're a great young head coach, but you got to go elsewhere. Um, the coaching matchup, experience versus youth, innovation, energy. You think it's it's you're always going to lean towards Andy Reid. He's one sure. of the best coaches of all time. But do you think it's it's a blowout? From a coaching perspective, huh? You know, after these last two games we've seen, John, it's kind of hard to count the Eagles out and you know eliminate that possibility. But I think it's going to be a little bit more closely contested, obviously. But I do think that the Eagles are going to have more energy out there. I think that all stems from Nick Sirianni. He wears his emotions on his sleeve and everything like that. I also think one thing that we need to take into account when we talk about coaching is David Taub, their special teams coach. Um, he's, he, he's one of the best in the business. They have a good returner. Uh, they have a good punter in Tommy Townsend, who was an all pro this year. And I, you know, when you look at those minor details, it could come down to those minor details when you're talking about those two teams and sometimes experience can trump that youthful exuberance and enthusiasm. So, uh, I think the Eagles will be ready to go, but it could come down to those minor details. As I said, two quarterback questions, comping one team to the other. Uh, I have noted since the matchup was known that uh, something Eagle fans have to at least realize, if not admit to, oh, this is the best quarterback they played all year. The whole <laughs> Eagles haven't played anybody. John's line about they've made somebody's into nobody's is tremendous That's in describing line, yeah. the Eagle season. But the truth is they haven't played a quarterback like Mo. They, they Rodgers the only one that was even close and his team at the time, the season just wasn't going the way that it was supposed to. He's got a lot of young guys. Mahomes is the best quarterback they played, but flip side it, the chiefs haven't played a running quarterback all year. They played good quarterbacks, uh, Herbert and Kelly and, and Burrow, but they haven't played a running quarterback all year. How much is Jalen keeping the ball, taking off, making plays with his legs going to be a factor in this Super Bowl? Very much so, Jody. He's their plus one and, and somebody that you have to account for at all times. They do have a pretty good second level in, in Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. I think if, I'm, if, I'm, if I had to guess, I would think that Willie Gay would probably spy him. He's pretty athletic and, and, and closes quickly. But to have to account for the quarterback in that regard, and Jalen Hurts has a way to alter the dynamic of a game, even not, you know, shoulder injury, notwithstanding, he's going to lay it all on the line and do whatever he has to do to win this game. And I think you're going to see that sort of, sort of take shape, whether it be 10, 12 carries, he's going to do whatever, whatever's needed. And I think that puts a unique stress on any defense. 
by the way, Willie Gay, another storyline. A.J. Brown played high school football together. So that uh, in a Super Bowl full of storylines, that's another one. Um, I want to circle back to Julian Love because I, you know, I've been asking a lot of people this. Uh, who's most responsible for this run, uh, Andrew? Uh, Howie Roseman or this coaching staff? If you had to dibby out, and obviously it's a combination of both, but if you had to dibby out 60, 40, 70, 30, who gets a a bigger part of that pie? Howie Roseman for bringing in the players for the he brought in the ingredients for the for the coaching staff to cook with. Right. And it's up to the coaching staff to maximize those ingredients and, and put out, you know, a dish if you're equating it to to something like that. And it, it's if, if they were to fall short, I mean, they've given them all the resources. Howie's given the coaching staff all the resources that they need to be successful. And I think you got to give credit to Nick Sirianni. And his coaching staff and maximizing that. And so I, I think, you know, that none of that happens without Howie and using utilizing his resources. Andrew, how big a factor do the handful of Eagle players who were here in 2017, part of that Super Bowl championship winning team, veteran guys who've already got the respect of the locker room. They have it on a week in, week out basis. How much more this week because they've been there and done that. I, I think it helps <laughs> exponentially, Jody. The fact that not only that, but a couple of those guys knowing that that could be their last game in the national football league before they hang it up. I think it's just that whole connectivity that I mentioned earlier, knowing that you're going to see a guys rally around that and really not take that lightly. Uh, guys like Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. People forget that Greg Ward won a ring. He was on that team on the practice squad. He's still around. Jody's guy. How about Greg Ward? <laughs> I, t- I talked to him after the game the other day just because, obviously, he was Edelman and uh, Amendola that whole practice week. So it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, I, I think that that leadership is really going to play a big role in helping the Eagles get prepared for this game and eliminate any potential distractions. Yeah, speaking of that team, that 2017-2018 team, Andrew, um, I think this team is better. What say you? I I think, you know, if they won't be regarded as better if they don't finish it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, they're a better team. They're a better team than that 2017 group. Well, I I would have to agree with you. Obviously, on paper, it's not going to look that way if they're not able to finish the deal in Glendale. But, you know, you go position by position, John. It's no, no, it's night and day. I mean, AJ Brown versus Alshon Jeffrey, and you just go on and on down the list. And the Eagles, this team is, is probably the best Eagles team ever. Now, the one thing I will say though is Andrew, the spot. I mean, think about the way Nick Foles played in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Most obviously, Corey Clement, Zach Ertz on on fourth and one, Alshon Jeffrey early in the game. Those guys. Those guys had something special going yeah. on that season. A- absolutely. I mean, Alshon doing that with a – would he have a rotator cuff yeah, injury? Torn, that, yeah, that... torn, torn uh, labrum, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, he was playing hurt throughout the whole season. It seems like everybody – Nelson, Nelson Aguilar Nelson, had Nelson his Aguilar. best game as a professional on the Eight, biggest stage. 84 yards, yeah. I mean, you, you, everybody stepped up at the right time. And you, you got un, un, unlikely heroes. You just mentioned yeah. Nick Foles. You mentioned Nelson Aguilar. You mentioned Corey, Corey Clement. Clement. 
wasn't so, a catch, by the way. Sorry, Eagles. Fan. <laughs> so I, I, you're you're right. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you could you could say you might get that kind of performance out of a Kenny Gainwell, or I don't want to. Uh, who knows? Maybe a, a, a Quez Watkins. Maybe he catches a deep ball on this on the secondary. Um, but I, I think if the Eagles have shown anything, this version of the Eagles, uh, John, it's that they can win in a multitude of ways. Whether it's running the ball down your throat like they did against the Green Bay Packers. Winning a close, con closely contested game against the Colts, where they had to come from behind, winning in favorable conditions in the uh, in the frozen tundra at Soldier Field, or step up in the postseason when the lights are brightest and deliver on the big stage. So th th this team has proven that they can do whatever, win whatever way they need to. All right, Andrew. Since you went there, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire a little bit here. I'm going to give you three guys, and it's a multiple choice question, and you can choose either of the three answers. Last game ever, last game in an Eagle uniform, or see at OTAs come <laughs> the off season. Brandon Graham. I think Brandon comes back. I think he comes back for another season in, in Philly. So see at OTAs. How about uh, Jason Kelsey? I think Jason Kelsey retires. Mm. Okay. Now, so, do you yeah. think the game has something to do with his retirement? If he wins, does he go out on top? If he loses, does he come back? I think the game has something to do with it, John. But even last season, you know, those close to him and you were there. I yeah, mean, he yeah, had like yeah, he yeah. had one foot out the door essentially. Yeah. yeah. So I have to think that this year would would even push the needle even further in that direction. Yeah. All right, and last one is Fletcher Cox. <sighs> I think Fletcher plays another season, but not in Philadelphia. Oh, so you got one of each, one coming back, one going elsewhere, and one saying goodbye of the three veteran guys who, if the Eagles win, will be getting Super Bowl ring number two. Yeah, and actually, you know, there's a potential that Fletcher, Fletcher does come back. Hargrave, I think, is going to command top dollar at the yeah. position. Yeah. So I, I think you would have to retain one of them. You have Jordan Davis, you have Milton Williams, but you're really, you'd really be light in that position. So it's something to mull over for sure. Uh, at Age of Checo NFL, you see it there. Follow Andrew on Twitter. Read him inside thebirds.com. Does a great job. Jeff Mosher, our buddy over there. Adam Kaplan. Um, Andrew, I'll go, since Jody went down that route, I'll go a similar route, but different. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Javon Hargrave. James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. These are guys coming off career years. Maybe not Javon, but Javon, you could argue he's had a career year. Oh, yeah. Um, he's had a, He had a very good year last year. More consistency, though. Uh, the other two, smack dab, phenomenal years. Best time to hit the market. They're all going to be expensive. Can't keep them all, or can you? Who do you keep? Who who goes? I love this question, and this is something that I've been asked a, a little bit, you know, quite a few times this week. I think you, if you're the Eagles, you have to find a way to retain C.J. Gardner Johnson, just given his versatility and ability to play nickel, play safety, young, youthy, at least 25 years old, six interceptions this year, NFL co-leader in interceptions. James Bradbury, his cohesiveness with Darius Slay has been. Really fun to watch all season. He's probably one of the smartest corners I've ever had ah, the pleasure of watching. Really such, smart player. Such a smart player. And, and at only 29 years old, I have to think he's going to command maybe not the elite elite corner pay, but 
top dollar. I think he sort of priced himself out of the Eagles budget this year, given the season that he's had. Um, so I don't think that they'll be able to get him. Um, who else did we mention? Javon. Uh, Javon. Yeah, because Javon. you have Jordan Davis. You have uh, Milton, Milton Williams. Williams. You have young players who seemingly are ready to step up. And Javon's teetering on 30. Do you want to give the big deal again to Javon? To have a veteran in the room, I think maybe it would be it would be effective to do so. I don't know if the Eagles view him as an every down starter moving forward because he's getting a little bit he's getting a little bit older. He's taken on a lot of snaps in, in the last couple of seasons. I still think that he is going to so there's going to be some team that brings him in and look and views him as sort of a final piece, being that pass rushing defensive tackle that can collapse the pocket. And I think that he'll probably go elsewhere next season. Ooh. All right, last one for Those me. Those are two yeah. big losses, by the way. Yeah, Those are two ones. big losses. Uh, uh, yeah. Howie's going to have to do a little magic this offseason. All right, uh, last one for me. Also, Eagles' future past the Super Bowl. Know that uh, you're a draft guy. And the Senior Bowl is taking place down in Mobile this week. I didn't get a chance to watch the practice yesterday. I watched some highlights afterwards. Uh, Eagles have two first-round draft picks. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're not going to use one on a quarterback because that Hurts guy is okay. That's um, a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. But is there a quarterback in the offing later in the draft for the Eagles? Is there any of the guys who are in Mobile this week who you say, all right, this is the future backup. This is the inexpensive. We're revisiting Jalen Hurts again in philosophy, maybe not on talent level, but in philosophy. Uh, anybody you like in Mobile this week throwing the ball? Not overly. I'm going to have to dive into it a little bit more, Jody, after the season. Uh, the season's taken on a little bit more, it's sort of eaten into my draft coverage. But another player that we haven't mentioned yet that is a free agent on the Eagles, that you that knowing how important the backup quarterback is uh, to the Eagles, Gardner Minshew. I don't, I don't know if, if teams view him as a viable starter. I would have to think not, given his lackluster performance. But I, I don't know how they feel about him from a preparational standpoint and some of the things he's done behind the scenes to help Jalen. I don't know if you can get him on the chief if that would make if that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. By the way, great that we don't have to pay attention to the Senior Bowl because normally, normally I'm be, there. Yeah, the we'd be bowl. knee deep in Senior Bowl talk typically, but when you're in the Super Bowl, yeah, Senior Bowl's going on. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. I didn't watch it yesterday, but remember, you heard it here first. Jay Kaner, Fresno State. I've been talking him up for two years. Yeah. Gutsy. He throws the ball uh, into uh, tight windows. He's not a big guy, but then again, not, not all the quarterbacks are. The high uh, upside backup. Put him, yeah. put, him, put him on the side as a guy the Eagles should have interest in as a potential backup. And by the way, Jalen Hurts is not going to be afraid of uh, Hayner coming in. Like a yeah, certain un unlike someone. Carson yeah, Wentz, he, he's not going to tap out. Looking over no. his shoulder like poor <laughs> yeah. Carson did. Exactly yeah. right. Andrew, great stuff. Appreciate you jumping in with us today. We will certainly have you back on again. Enjoy the week leading up to the big game. Pleasure, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew Jacheco from InsideTheBirds.com here with us on Birds 365. All right. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac. Oh, we need to put a bow on this show. Go 
for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Post-game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post-game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. John McFarlane, I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, we're back to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Uh, Eagles walking through today. Uh, they get back together as a team, start the significant preparation. Man, the game can't get here fast enough. But uh, they, they'll get their couple of workouts here in Philadelphia, then get on a big old jet plane and go out to uh, Arizona and get ready for it. Something that Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff have never done before. A couple Eagle <laughs> players have. Most of the Kansas City Chiefs have because they've been to two of the last three Super Bowls. So this is kind of old hat for them. And I like the way Sirianni handled himself, both with Angelo on WIP and with you guys the other day in his uh, press gathering. 
he seems like he's got a pretty good grasp on how he wants these 11 days to go leading up to the Super Bowl. You think he can pull off what he stated, John? Yeah, I don't see why not. I, I, I don't think the logistic part is as big as deal as sometimes we make it out to be, um, you know, because again, Nick has said this kind of all the time. He talks to other people. What did you do? Eagles have done it. A few players. What are we down to six? But, um, you know, and, and you can look at how other teams did it. And there's, there's a big sample size and you can look at how successful teams handled the lead up to the Super Bowl. So I don't put much stock in that. I, you know, when we talked to him on Zoom the other day, you and I kind of mentioned he looked very relaxed. I think he's relaxed because he knows he's got a good team. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the the biggest uh, crux of it all. So I'm not concerned with that kind of stuff. But I am concerned that, like I said, 28-3 and three was the, the, the number you gave yesterday, Andy Reid, coming out of the bye week. Uh, and, you know, sometimes – whatever it was, two and three, when both teams have a bye. But the point from my perspective I took from that is, all right, you know the Chiefs are going to be prepared, so you got to be prepared. Doesn't, you know, doesn't mean they're going to win, but you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get lucky with a team that isn't prepared. You know, you know, Andy Reid's team is going to be prepared, so you got to step up and make sure your team is ready to go. All right, uh, we're going to have um, our buddy Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia join the show tomorrow. As far as the week after, I got some bad news. Uh, the contact number I had for Giselle Bungin is no longer in service. I, I was hoping to tap into her. I got it right here, Chatty. You, you, you got her updated number? I'm joking. See, I got an old one from back in the day, so... I thought maybe her and Tom better footing because of his retirement. Maybe we could get her uh, ex-husband on, but uh, we're going to have to continue to work. You know, on shame on me. I should have brought this up to Andrew or, 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 you know, early Glenn earlier in the show. I, I forgot to bring up Joe Banner, Joe Banner. And we'll talk about it tomorrow on the show, but Joe Banner on the 3013 with our buddy, Paul Domowicz as well was talking about Jalen Hurts' extension, Jody. You know the number he threw out there? 47 to $52 million. Forty-seven. Oh, I, don't, I don't think that's outrageous. I don't 50. know about no, it. No, it's not, not outrageous. A, not above 50, but between 45 and 50, yeah. Oh, he's going to get he, that. He said 47 and 52 was the area he gave. 47 to $52 million. Whew, man. No, I don't think it's outrageous at all. And he brought up the obvious point. Eagles want to get this done as soon as possible. Now, that shows philosophy because Burrow and Herbert are coming. And it's only going up. And, oh, by the way, and uh, we appreciate all our guys here on the stream. Do a great job commenting every day. We got a bunch of regulars. Guys give us good insight. Sometimes make me laugh. Um, and, and you guys certainly less so than my callers on WIP or other callers on WIP when I listen. The whole Jalen is going to give them a hometown discount. Not happening. Just please stop. And I know Tom Brady did in some quarterback. Not on their second uh, contract did they did. No, no, no. no. The first time you get to go to the table and you're a proven superstar and, oh, by the way, 
runner-up for MVP, kind of stamped you as a proven superstar. Oh, you get every last dollar. Now, if you get that big contract and then in your third contract, you're willing to say, yeah, let me leave a little on the table so we can field a good team. Yeah, no, that that you might be able to expect Jalen to do. This upcoming contract, no. No, you're getting the deal right now. This is the deal right now. You're getting, he's playing for a million two or whatever. Here's the deal. No, he's going for that 47 to 52 million. That's what you're talking about. Banner's putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be justified to ask for every single penny. So if you're always got to do it for the team, no, he's got to get paid for himself and his, for his family. Do it for the team comes in the contract thereafter. Uh, Part of good show today. I will be back here tomorrow. I expect you to be back here tomorrow. Am I over expecting? Uh, No, I plan on it, Uh, which is good. Friday. No, uh, Everything pushed back a day. So we're going to have Saturday practice as well. So I will be here for the full show, Jody. Not even half the show. You got the full Johnny Mac tomorrow with me, Jody Mac, which means Mac and Mac again in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.